0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. Redemption. Praise the Lord. I, If you will, go to the book of Job. Praise God. Thank God for His eternal plan of redemption. And I want you to know when I... Seems like yesterday when I came back to the Lord, and and I knew there there was a lot that I did know about the Word of God, being raised in church and raised under the pastors that I, pastors that I was raised under and the ministries I was exposed to. But when I really began to dig into the the redemptive message, I began to see that I had to think redemption and speak redemption at all times it had to be you know kind of like understanding how humanity kind of saturates our vocabulary you say what do you mean by that well there's there's terms we use we say like well that tickled me to death you know well really that's kind of abstract and really hopefully nobody ever gets tickled to death but you know, but there's a lot of death in the in the human language. It's very negative. If you, if you really just take it and it's it's everything is negative, you know, you know, just the way people speak. So when you begin to walk in faith and you say, well, I, I want to think faith, and I want I want to speak faith, well, that's true, but in reality, your faith has to be in something. And your faith is in what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. So to think redemptively and speak redemptively. Now, this is amazing because as you study the subject of redemption, you'll begin to see that in the old covenant, inherent in man is that desire for God. I heard a preacher say there's a big God hole that only God can fill. You can fill it with everything else, but it doesn't fit and it doesn't fill. Only God can fill that. And I found that to be very, very true. Very, very true. Amen. And so understanding that, you understand that under that covenant, even though that they didn't have salvation, they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they didn't have the Word in the form that we have the Word, uh, uh, you know, Job actually uh, historically is the oldest book of the Bible. There's no Bible in the book that dates earlier than Job, uh, the writer of the Pentateuch, which is Moses came along later and wrote the five books of the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Amen. Little Bible history. So we understand, and if you're a student of redemption, go back into those, especially those early books, and read the expectancy and the hunger they had for what? A redeemer, somebody to reconnect them with God. They knew so much of God just through living that close to the fall, they knew they were disconnected. Amen. Now, Job had to know he was connected. Now, let me say this: If you ever study the book of Job, remember this. Not everything in the book of Job is something God that said, something God said. One of the most misused scriptures they use. Many funerals they you know the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be that. That's not the word of the Lord. That's the word of one of Job's knuckleheaded friends. God never said that about Himself. It's the devil that taketh away. The Lord giveth, but the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, notice this scripture in Job. Did, uh, did I tell you it's there in verse, uh, uh, chapter 9. Chapter 9. Now, verse 32, and then we'll look at another verse here in Job. Now, listen to what Job says here. Now, you know, y'all know all the troubles and trials and tribulations he's have. He says in verse 32, and this is in chapter 9, For he is not a man as I am that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that he might lay his hand upon us both. Now now listen to it in the Amplified. 33 in the Amplified is this. There is no umpire between us who might lay his hand upon us both. Would that there were. So even Job, see in Job's day, He knew there was God. There's God in heaven. I mean, God had blessed him. Now, the dilemma of Job was this. Why did Job lose everything he had? Job lost everything he had because of fear. He said it himself, that which I greatly feared has came upon me, giving us a spiritual insight into fear, activating the power of the devil. Amen? But in it all, Job refused to curse God, even when his wife tempted him to curse God and die. Now, now, here we see his need. Everybody say his need. Now listen, he's living millenniums before Jesus comes to the earth. But now listen what he says here in verse. This is in chapter 18. Man, I haven't preached on these scriptures in years. Verse 23, it says, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven with an iron pen and lead and rocked forever. For I know, now listen, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now notice that's capitalized. If you're, if you're in all translation, it should be capitalized because it's speaking of Jesus, pre incarnate Christ. Woo! Now, this is Job and all of his pain and all of his the, the dilemma of all he went through. Now let me just say this. Most Bible scholars agree that Job went through everything he went through in, in between about anywhere from about six to nine months. It came and was gone, and God blessed him and doubled everything he lost. With six to eight months, six to nine months. Amen. But notice, oh, that my words were not written in a book. Oh, that they were printed a book, that they were graven uh, with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. For I know, now listen to this, I know that my Redeemer liveth. This is in the heart of ancient man. Listen to this. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my... You missed that. In my flesh, I shall see... You know what he's talking about? He's talking about his glorified body. You don't see God in fallen human flesh. You're going to have to have a glorified body. But one day, church, this, this immortal will put on immortality. This corruption will put on incorruption and this body of death will take on the life of God that is in our spirits. Glory to God. And our spirit will be glorified, excuse me, our bodies will be what? Glorified to never die. What a blessing. But what a horror. For every person that does not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, that at the great white throne judgment, they are dredged up out of the earth from all the wars and all the plagues and all the death and given a glorified body to forever suffer separated from God because of the iniquity of the one they bowed their knee to. Whoa there is a reason to serve God. Now listen to Job, the oldest book in the Bible, but he has enough spiritual knowledge to declare, first of all, that there's going to be a last day. Secondly, that on the last day, he shall stand in his flesh upon the earth and see his God. Now we know, As time continued on and God began to interact with man upon the earth, Abraham, we knew the the enormous catalog of of redemptive information that came from Abraham. How God deals with our faith, imparting unto us promises and words that break the barriers and boundaries of our flesh so that we might actually believe in something that our physical senses do not give us testimony of. That's faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen amen so we begin to understand now think about this we live by faith untouched by our god but one day we will be touched by our god now see there's the the, the The reality of that is no other person who claims a God can claim that but us because there is an intimacy that has come through redemption that God has with us as believers on the earth right now in which He has never been closer to those He's in contact with right now. Have you ever been closer to God? Let me ask you a question. Ask yourself the question. Have I ever been closer to God? If there was a time in your life where you've been closer to God than you are right now, then you need to repent for being backslid. (laughs) Amen? You say, well, why is that? Because you should be growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one glorious victory after the next. You should be growing. You say, well, I'm just going from problem to circumstance. No, no, you're not thinking redemptively. You're not speaking redemptively. Therefore, you're not enjoying the benefits. Most of the men of God that I admire, the heroes of faith that were my heroes of faith said this over and over and over and I swore to myself it would not be me. But they said it over and over and over. Most Christians live way below their rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. And when I heard that over and over in the late 80s, the 90s, I thought, bless God, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to live below my rights and privileges, the price that was paid for me to be redeemed, to be born again, to be healed, to prosper in my finances, to have a ministry, to go to the nations of the world. I'm telling you, I'm not going to live in apathy and complacency in the time upon the earth in which the greatest move of God and revival will ever happen. Well, I don't see it happening now. You're not thinking redemptively. You're not speaking redemptively. Job, the point I'm trying to make is Job in the midst of all of the pain and turmoil he went through was still thinking and speaking redemptively and he wasn't even saved. Yeah, man. And we moan and groan when we have a sniffle. Amen. Uh, you say, what do you say? We're going to have to tighten it up a little bit. Uh, in honor of Larry Mahan, we're going to have to cowboy up. What does that mean? You got to tighten it up. Amen. Some of you are going to have to learn how to ride hurt. You say, what does that mean? It ain't like football and all that. Baby, those football players. I watched one guy, I watched him ride for six weeks with a broken leg, a compound fracture of his leg. He won a world championship that year. Then he broke his wrist on his riding hand. You know what he did the next week? He rode a bull with his left hand. Scored 88 points. Why? We ride when we're hurt. Amen? See, people don't realize, in the body of Christ, God has already made provision for us through redemption for everything we have need of. So he doesn't expect us to kind of just drag along here trying to get him to do something for us that he's already done or trying to defeat an already defeated foe. No, he expects us to walk in the light of his redemptive power and, pre- and all his precious promises, and he expects us, amen, to demonstrate his authority on this earth and his dominion on this earth just like Jesus did. Amen. How's my time? Oh, my goodness. I've been rambling on. Go to Psalms. Yeah, that's good. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Go to Psalms. Psalms, uh, excuse me, uh, Psalms 19. Hallelujah. Can you see that in Job though? He lost it all. And and he's still not going to curse. He's still talking redemption. He's still speaking redemption. See, it gets in you. Jeremiah says like fire in your bones. I know what that's like. It gets in you. I wake up unconsciously thinking about redemption. Half for years. You say, what do you mean by that? I, I wake up and I think, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, roll over and go back to sleep. I wake up in the morning. I think redemption. I go to bed at night. I think it. I think it. I speak it. I think it. You say, why? it's who I am. My identity, you know, I, I didn't, here I got on a pair of nice handmade boots and some nice wranglers, you know, and a nice belt, a buckle. My shirt, but you know, in reality, the real me you don't see. And I don't see the real you on the inside. But I do see the results and the activity, amen. And if maybe not an Amen, but an omen, the symptoms of what may be on the inside. Amen. I mean, we 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 dress and then we identify. We ident- I could. I could wear my nice uh, sport coat and identify as a as a well dressed, you know, uh, young upcoming pastor. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Amen. I could. I could put on my. Uh, let's see what's a good one. I've got a new. Uh, God gave me a plastic fantastic t-shirt. Anybody know what plastic fantastic is. Old surfboards from way back in the day. And I could wear my 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 uh, surfing bags, my flip flops, identify with the surfing world. Amen. I could walk in here with my my hat, with my lures on, and 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 my rod. I could come with my camo for duck hunting or my camo for... I could identify with so many different things, but none of that's relative. None of that's relative. What's relative is what I identify on in here. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Him. His Word lives in me. Christ lives in me by His Word. Amen. Now notice Psalms nineteen. Let's begin in verse seven. I love this; is so good. If you ever get discouraged, mark this in your Bible, and go read it out loud. If you're ever, if you're ever, uh, how can I say this? Like in a fight or a battle, this is just a good tonic scripture. Can I say that? Yeah. Do y'all know what I mean by that? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you do. Now listen; I'm just going to read through it, and then we'll come back real quick. Man, my time's up. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So the word of God is perfect, sure, right, enlightening, clean, and true. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Where are my amens? Amen. Are you keeping his word? Are you keeping his word? Are you keeping his word? Amen. Then there's great reward. <laughs> Glory to God. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from all the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Go read the history of Psalms 19. Find out when he's writing this. It's not when he's on the mountain. It's when he's in the valley. It's when his heart is hurting. It's when he's self-inflicted himself. It's when he begins to remind himself of the glory of the words that God had given Israel. He began, all he had was the Pentateuch and the Psalms that he was writing. That's all that he had. But he said of those words that they were his life. He said, forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Your words are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's your word, O Lord, that I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Woo, glory to God. That's redemptive thinking, church. Even in the midst of the storm. You know one of the greatest psalms, Psalms 23, the shepherd's song. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely mercy, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. You know what he wrote that? Absalom had entered the city with an army. He had spoiled the council of some of David's advisors. Later, David, God gave David a plan to spoil all that back. He had to load his family, his servants, some of his army, and they were fleeing across the Kidron Valley. And as they did, one of Saul's servants met and began to curse David and throw stones at him. And that's when David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when the man came to say, you know, let me go take his head off. David in humility and mercy said, maybe he has a right to do what he's doing. Amen. So we got to realize, church, that as God is wrapping this thing up, I believe that we are living in the exponential curve of revelation knowledge that any effort you put into getting that Word on the inside of you, God is going to redouble it and imprint it into your spirit. You read the Word, you meditate, you study, you come and have it taught to you. You explore the Word. You live in it with your imagination. And as you do, you begin to have these subtle changes in the way you view things because anyone that can develop redemptive thinking and redemptive speaking can have redemptive hearing and seeing. And one of the things we need more than anything else is for people to just wake up. This afternoon in prayer, this evening in prayer when we were praying, I had such a burden on my heart for people that are away from the Lord, that know the Lord, that they're away from the Lord right now. That's so dangerous right. If you have friends or loved ones or, or people that you know that are, you say, well, they don't like this church or they don't like that church. Well, it doesn't matter. They need to be healed and they need to get back into church. Right. And I'm praying for it to come to all the churches, of the, anywhere and everywhere. But there needs to be an awakening and a reviving of those that have kind of drifted away. Because if there's not a second chance for them, what chance will we have? So we need to pray for them. And believe God for a real stirring. We've seen a little trickle of it here and there every once in a while. But now we need to see a mass amount of people. Did you know there's thousands of people in this area that if they're offended, they're hurt, they're disillusioned, they're, you know, they, 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 they've had a prayer that didn't get answered, or, or they went to a church that had a problem, or, or they had a problem, whatever it is, it's not worth hanging on to. Yeah, that's right. To watch God fold this dispensation up. Huh. <laughs> for lack of a better term to be caught on the wrong side of the river every time I begin to pray for people and think about people that should be serving the Lord or not this one thing the Lord said to me by the Holy Ghost just a few weeks back actually a few months back and I've said it to y'all a couple of times was this when the eastern sky breaks and the archangel shouts and the trumpet is blown will you hear it Will you hear it? You have to hear it. I said you have to hear it. That is our mandate. Now I know souls, I know harvest, all that. But if you miss that, if you miss that, that's a serious thing. Amen? The Bible says that we should warn one another. That we, as the days grow shorter, we should encourage one another. You know, you got a friend or somebody's close to you, you say, you know, I haven't seen you in church in three or four weeks. Then like, we're well, we'll going to another church. So well, praise God, God, I didn't know. Or they say, well, you know, I'm just offended over there. So, well, we'll maybe, maybe there's someplace else you can go. You know? Take them if you have to. It's better for them to be in church than for them not to be. Amen. That's right. But encourage them to come home. Nobody's perfect. are no perfect pastor, no perfect church. None of that stuff. Amen? But people need to serve God in this day and hour. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship Him. Father, we worship You. You see that hunger in those people? Jesus hadn't even come. He was hundreds, centuries away. And they were declaring His glory. Millenniums away. And they had faith. One day they would stand up on the earth, see God in their bodies. Wow. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we dismiss tonight, as we've prayed over so many over the years, that you would grant them an overwhelming hunger for your word, an overwhelming hunger for your spirit. We ask that again for us here at Island Church for all that you've done, all that we've seen, all that we've experienced. Lord, we want more. More of you. Not more accolades, not, not, not more pats on the back. Not No, no, no. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Well, that's what we're believing for, striving for, praying for. For you to be more and more real. Father, we thank you for our safety and protection. Lord, as you've put upon my heart, I pray over our children. Our little babies, our toddlers, four and five, six, seven, eight years. Father, I pray over our children. Lord, I declare no evil befalls them. No plague comes now. Lord, I thank you that they will not be affected or infected by this world's system and its unrighteousness in this hour. But Lord, that you're your angels, you said in your word, they're angels. Behold your face. So we thank you for guarding and protecting and keeping them and keeping them from sicknesses and diseases. Thank you for protection in our own lives and our travels, the highways, the seaways, the airways, the railways, all kinds of travel and transportation. And the righteous labor of our hands, fathers, we go forth into our community, our contractors, those that have their own shops and businesses, our school teachers and students. Father, we thank you that you keep us and protect us. Lord, let evangelism stir in our hearts. Let us recognize every day that we're around people that need Jesus. The times, Lord, that we're living in are very conducive to people's hearts being open to answers. (laughs) And do we ever know the answer? Jesus, Lord of all. So Fathers, we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, covered by the blood, powered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com Hallelujah Jesus